here we go. Another Wednesday night for you here on Wrestling Inc. From East Coast to West Coast, we got you covered from all things that are going on in the pro wrestling world. I am Justin Labar alongside Alfred Cunemo. This is Wrestling Inc. Live on YouTube or Twitch. Or for those of you after the fact listening to the audio-only podcast, we appreciate it. No matter what, we hope you're going to enjoy the next hour of Alfred and I. Alfred, how you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Hot show, hot start, and... Uh... Feeling good. Good week so far. So I'm uh, doing very good. good. Yeah, we are. Good God, we're almost. Uh, we're, we're three, three, three weeks through now in January. Just moving right along here in 2022. Uh, and as as you know, we've all been talking. You and I've talked about it, Raj, and I like we've all just keep saying like so much has just been already happened in wrestling, uh, in the ring, and out of the ring. And if that sets the uh, if this sets the tone for what the rest of this calendar year is going to be, I mean, this could be a record year, uh, a historical year, I should say. Uh, for the pro wrestling world thanks to all of you guys that are joining us in the chat very cool community again if you're uh if you're somebody who, who listens to us after the fact or watches after the fact and you're debating well why do i want to stay up if you know if, if i'm on the east coast stay up until after 10 o'clock to be part of the live production of the podcast this chat room is like it's it's, a, it's an entire family there's people that get on this chat uh that's going on here you know once dynamite starts they just sit and kind of have a live watch along and get ready for the podcast uh in the chat room and then now here they are. They're part. They are our, our third uh, panelist, so to speak. Uh, any super chats? We'd love to get involved in the conversation. So send that super chat moolah for Raj Giri, please, and give us some talking points. We appreciate it. Uh, before we get into the dynamite tonight, that was in DC. Let's go ahead and look at some of the top headlines that you can uh, read about and more on Wrestling Inc. Let's start with Scotty Tuhati. Scotty Tuhati uh, just recently. Uh, left the Performance Center. He had been a coach there for a little bit, uh, working specifically with the Performance Center and NXT. He was actually on Talk Is Jericho, uh, and and Alfred. He basically talks about how <clears throat> he just he wasn't really having fun anymore. It was starting. It was, you know, he wanted to go out on his terms, uh, which you know, in previous times in his career, you know, you're not going out on your own terms. You're being told when to go. Uh, so he wanted to go out on his own terms. Uh, he also talked about how it was. It's sad how they basically kind of killed off this great thing that they had in the black and gold. Uh, NXT. He also talked about a, a weird edict that Vince put in uh, about how Vince at one point said he wanted the coaches to start looking younger, so they all needed to start dyeing their beards, no gray, to be had, uh, and cutting their hair. <laughs> what do you make of this? Uh, it is wild, and I highly recommend this interview with Scotty Tuhati on Takas Jericho because you do get a sense into how chaotic NXT was backstage. I think just based on some of the stories that you and I read, Justin, and uh, the stories and the news that have been breaking about NXT and all the changes, you can already get a sense about how chaotic it is backstage. But coming from a coach himself, and at points in this interview, Scotty Tuhati sounded so exasperated and this edict about coaches needing to look younger, even though there is a youth moment, but particularly with the wrestlers. And you're seeing that edict actually with Tommaso Ciampa because he recently had a main event match where he's not old man Ciampa anymore. He's got the hipster beard. It's dyed brown. And he's, you know, he looks good. You know, he looks like, like a little younger, but it's just not the essence of what we're used to with Tommaso. So it's just wild. that You see what happened last night with Gunther, which was a big uh, discussion in our chat yesterday during the NXT podcast. And it just seems like all out, to borrow a phrase, pandemonium in NXT 2.0 right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess real quick, well, let me wrap up the Scotty thing, but I want to touch on the Gunther before we move on. Uh, so just to kind of give people just a quick little taste to, to give you a direct quote, uh, and this is kind of cool because you know, we're, there's a lot of the there's a lot of spec. You know, we all we're all speculating, or, or we're all speculating based upon what we obviously can see that that the old NXT is is, is dead and gone, and and from the releases to 
symbolism of Braun Breaker kicking down the, you know, like it's it's obvious, but you know, we haven't really got to hear much from people who are there in the trenches. Scotty's one of the first ones who's now out of the company, so he's kind of free to say what he wants with no repercussion. Uh, here's a quote uh, from that part of, of, of the NXT Changeover. He says, "There's just not a lot of explanation to it about what happened, and yeah, it pisses you off, right? As being part of it." But also it's sad because it's a kind of like they killed it off and they killed this awesome thing that we had off. So we lost this awesome thing and almost like dealing with the death, dude. It was just sad. So, I mean, that's that's as blunt as it gets. I mean, not a lot of explanation even given to those that are there you know, day to day as coaches and they feel it. They feel this 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 baby of theirs just getting taken away and, and, and basically killed off for lack of a better phrase. So. Uh, and, and, you know, and more chaos going on in Orlando. So, yeah, uh, Walter is now Gunther. I mean, look, WWE's done a lot of name changes over the years. Uh, I mean, you know, recently the, the more common thing is, you know, you, you're shortening guys to one name. You know, it's not Antonio Cesaro. It's not Alexander Rusev. And let's go. You know, it's not Biggie Langston. But even dating back, you know, Kerry Von Erich had to be the Texas Tornado. You know, Ricky had to be the Dragon Steamboat. I mean, like, it, they're not, they're not, they're, they always try to put their own spin, but like, I don't know. Walter seemed like it just kind of fit. Like, what? Why Gunther? <laughs> I 100% agree. And as much as people are going to hate to hear this, maybe this is going to be one of those rare situations. But eventually, we're going to get used to calling him Gunther. Uh, you know, it's 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 an uncomfortable reality. But this has happened a lot of times. I remember when Brian Danielson was renamed Daniel Bryan. I would say that the outrage was even more than this. And eventually, he became. Now it's hard to call him Brian Danielson again. Now that he's in AEW, people still want to call him. Uh, Daniel Bryan, but with Walter, to your point, Justin, I just think that he was so ready-made, and he is one of the people, and I was saying this yesterday on the NXT podcast, of everybody in the WWE main roster or developmental or wherever, he's one of the few people who I just feels ready-made. You really don't have to do anything with Walter. He's Walter. You don't change the way he wrestles. You don't change the way he looks. You don't change his gear. You don't change his name. I feel that stronger about Walter than pretty much anybody in all of WWE and so I think that's why there's such a violent backlash in terms of his name change. Well, and I, it's like, I, I, I think you are right. I think he is pretty ready-made, name included. But I think Vince thinking, I think Vince may look at him and say, okay, yeah, this guy is pretty ready-made. This guy is somebody we can give a shot at. But it's almost like Vince had no idea that Walter was even uh, on his payroll up until now. And I'm not joking. I'm being serious. It's not. I, I, if anybody thinks that Vince could memorize every roster member of Triple H's NXT and NXT UK, I mean, no. So I, I honestly believe he probably did not have a lot of consciousness of this guy, Walter, who he's paying, has now taken a look at what he has because now he's got eyes on NXT because now this NXT is being served more to serve Raw and SmackDown. And he probably said, OK, give me that big bastard. But, oh, he's been he, oh, he's gotten over as Walter and, and, uh, and other places. No, we're, we're going to make new like like WWE does. We're going to make it new. We're going to make it ours. Uh, even though they let up a little bit on that at times with the Samojos and AJ Styles of the world, again that time seems to be behind. And once oh, again, yeah. is now in the past. So I think I think it's a sign. If you're a Walter fan, this is weirdly a sign of Vince might be putting mental stock right now into plans for this guy. Hence the name change. But it's still disheartening for the Walter fan. I don't. Maybe, maybe it's a youth movement. Maybe maybe Gunther is is a youthful name in uh, <laughs> in, in Austria or Germany or you know, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, another topic uh, of discussion, a headline you can also read about on Wrestling Inc. So we know that Impact, uh, not back, Knockouts Champion, excuse me, Mickey James is going to be making at least a one-night return. Maybe it's more than one night, but at least a one-night return to the Royal Rumble here in a few weeks. And Mickey said on Busted Open, shout out to Busted Open, Mickey said that she is going to wear the Knockouts title 
to the ring. Um, I, I mean, she's got to walk past Vince to get to the ring. <laughs> Interesting comments because I mean I don't you know better than me in terms of the context and the tone that this sounded was it more defiant or was it like a matter of fact like oh no I'm wearing this this has been discussed uh, this is something that they've agreed upon I I've only got to read the transcript I've not actually got to hear the audio so I can't answer that so, so if somebody did get to catch uh, the actual audio and want, wants to chime in on the chat here please do so I don't know <laughs> I'm not sure what her tone is but yeah. all I can say to that I mean it would be a hell of a statement and a hell of a moment it would be it, 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 it even if she doesn't win it would be one of the most talked about moments all the more reason I don't think Vince wants that to happen because he does not want people talking about a title belt that's not his company's you know you know when somebody else is going to win that rumble when it's all said and done it's probably not going to be Mickey. He wants them talking about that winner. He does not want them talking about uh, the the viral moment that she created. And, and look, they referred to her as Impact Knockouts Champion the first night when they dropped the bomb on you know some of these nineteen women that are going to be in it. They have not since said it. So I have to think that Vince probably said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> We're already doing her the favor having her here. We don't need to be given the title promotion." Yeah, possibly, or maybe this has been discussed. I mean, I don't know why Mickey would go out and say something like this other than to create headlines, of course, but if Mickey does, in fact, wear that title and WWE shoots it and shows it on camera and acknowledges it during the Royal Rumble, it's a story. Um, I do agree with you that it is going to take away from the Women's Royal Rumble in general, uh, but maybe it'll be loaded with so many surprises where, you know, I do expect to see possibly Asuka, hopefully, Bailey, Paige maybe is going to return. So maybe they feel that there's going to be enough stories throughout the Royal Rumble that this could just be another one. But it's a story, and I think it will speak to a working relationship between Impact and WWE if we do, in fact, see that title on WWE programming. But I remain skeptical. So just to give people the direct quote again, this doesn't this doesn't account for the tone uh, like hearing the audio would, but just to give you the the, the, the text of what was said, she goes, and I feel the fact that Pat McAfee has already mentioned it on television and referred to me as Knockouts World Champ, that was really powerful. So I intend to walk out with the championship. I feel like that's representing the company that I work for now and that I am the champion for. So yeah. Mm, uh, yeah, it does sound like something that she wants to do based on that. So we'll see. I'm very interested to see now. I really want to see. There should be odds on that. I think uh, I get betting odds from, I think it's the Irish betting company, Bet Online sends them. Yeah, they yeah, should yeah, put yeah. odds out there. Will Mickey wear that title at the Royal Rumble? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put in a request for them to. Yeah. Them, them to give some odds for that. You know, I mean, look, I just real quick, because it's fun to fantasy book this for a minute, because, I mean, it is a bit fantasy, but she's saying that she's going to do it. I mean, if she, it, you know, obviously, you know, again, we assume, Vince, you know, Vince misses shows, but he doesn't usually miss the big, like, a, a rumble. So he's, you know, he's there in Gorilla, but, like, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on. There's 30 women, so they're, it's just kind of a line just happening through Gorilla of just getting, of, of girls coming through. So it's not like he's sitting there doing a full-body inspection of what they're wearing and everything. He's, you know, on headset and such. I mean, if she has ring gear and she has a robe, and she or something that can that, that she could essentially put the belt around her waist and, and not reveal until she gets out there. I ask you this seriously if she gets out there, you know, it's, it's you know, five, four, three, two, one, er, she's out there. We're on live TV. If she does it, I mean, she, she's not getting fired from WWE. What are they, are they gonna have? Is Johnny Ace gonna run out there real quick and, and, and like shuffle her off into the into the into the shadow? Like, I mean, again, like, I, you know, so I think she should hide it in the garbage bag. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's all right. That tops it. I, I can't top that. We'll end it there. We'll end it there. Um, whew. there's there's some odds. The betting odds need to come out for that. You're right. 
Oh, man. That's going to be fun. I'm glad that there's this discussion because I feel like they've lacked it a little bit in terms of promoting this Royal Rumble. I feel like they've really punted and just kind of expected people uh, to tune into the Rumble, which the Rumble does sell itself, but I just don't feel that they're really booking this Royal Rumble. And these kind of subplots, I think, are really the selling points right now for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, so we'll see. So Rumble's coming quick and fast in St. Louis. So there you got it. So we have a, a Walter name change. Uh, Scotty Tuhati talking uh, the changing of times and the Performance Center in NXT. And of course, Mickey James uh, calling her shot that she's going to wear that title. Uh, so we'll, uh, again, a lot, lot to take in there. We'll keep an eye on it. Again, Wrestling Inc. has all of your wrestling uh, headlines and news 24-7 around the clock. And we appreciate it. All right. Uh, we appreciate all you guys checking it out. All right. Let's go ahead and get into AEW Dynamite coming to you from the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington, D.C. And we kick it off with a super chat from our guy, Jax Callens, $4.20. Mox lost some weight and looks healthy. Yes, they kick it yes. off with John Moxley coming out the wild thing through the masses. First time since late October that he's been on AEW Dynamite. Uh, of course, if you are listening to this and not familiar, why has he been absent? Has he been injured? What's the deal? Uh, Moxley did go public just as he, uh, you know, disappeared for a little bit that he was going to deal with. Um, uh, he was, I think he was going to rehab for alcohol was, was, was the, the blunt explanation. So he's been off taking care of himself. And yeah, I, I agree, Jack. That's the first thing I saw when I looked at his face, uh, I can see he's lost some weight. Uh, he just looks, looks to be in good shape. So good for him. Um, that yeah, here he is uh, back out here in DC. Of course, DC was the location, the very first dynamite ever. So this is a different building, but still a lot of love, uh, and, and, and with DC and dynamite. So he comes through the crowd, uh, Corey Pry, $2 be well mocks. Your family needs you. Uh, yeah, he looked good. Looked like he was having fun. Looked like he was having fun. He did get in the ring. And just as he's trying to start now, I, I, I debated at first, really, if, if I should, if like, is this relevant to bring up or are we giving, are we giving the, are we giving the trolls or the hecklers more attention? But then it, uh, AEW actually, I think actual Twitter account actually tweeted a clip of this, and then Eddie Kingston quoted it. So I'm like, if they're if they lean into it, I, I'm I, I feel it's completely fair game for us to address. So just as Moxie's trying to start the promo, the crowd gets really quiet, and it was quiet enough for one big heckler in, in the peanut gallery to very audibly chant at the ring. I I couldn't hear it live. I couldn't make out what he said live, but after going back and listening a few times and reading what people have uh, either there or who have amp the sound up it sounded like he screamed get this drunk piece of shit out of the ring wow. uh that's the, that, again from, from people that were there from people that are just watching home and then and then after reading that and going back and it kind of pieces together it kind of sounds like that so it was something to that variation moxley immediately stares him down and says f you get that po get the piece of shit out of here i don't know if security actually removed the guy uh, I don't. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to follow up. Yeah, go f yourself and uh, just write out the first words out of his mouth, which is actually kind of fitting of Moxley. If you, to be honest, that those are the first words, and you know, it made it on air, and it was wild, you know, to to start off that promo. Yeah, it made it on air. They didn't, they didn't dump it or, or and and again, the Twitter put it out there, and they didn't censor it. So I mean, like they just kind of like leaned into it. So that's why I figured, I guess it's fair game to bring up. But um, uh, um, Moxley right there, you know, yeah, very Moxley style. But then he gets into this promo. And Alfred, he, uh, you know, again, without without ever explicitly saying how he had been away getting treatment for uh, alcoholism, uh, you know, it, it was pretty clear, that, you know, everybody's following along. He's talking about, you know, a, a dark cloud of a demon following him around and laughing at him and, and, and punishing him and, um, and you know, noting that we all have scars, but the ones on the outside are the outside, but it's the one on the inside that are most important. We've all gone through everything. Don't be, we've all gone through things. Don't be ashamed of what you've gone through. It's what made you. Uh, so cutting a real honest, heartfelt, 
babyface promo uh, obviously had just a, t- a ton of realism into it, given uh, the timing. So this was a, a hot, fiery start. No other shenanigans, no Gaga, no interruptions, no calling out somebody for a future match. Just really John Moxley back and kind of just addressing the crowd in a very honest way. Yeah, that was my favorite part about it is that there were no interruption or anything like that. It was just all John Moxley. He spoke from his heart. He did a great job doing it. And yes, his weight loss was very, very noticeable. And I do think he looks healthy, but I will say that I did think to myself, man, like before he gets back into the ring, maybe he should put on, you know, maybe five to 10 more pounds of muscle to, you know, get his wrestler body back or whatnot. But he's going to be wrestling and turning around in two weeks. And not only is he going to be wrestling, he's going to be wrestling for GCW as a world champion in what I can only presume is going to be a death match. So for, for a guy who's just coming back, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire. But for this promo, I thought it was fantastic. It was kind of emblematic and reminiscent of uh, Roman Reigns when he came back and cut that great, fantastic promo from his absence with, um, you know, chemo and all that stuff that he had to go through with um, uh, leukemia. Uh, But like John Moxley coming back and having this real moment. And these are some of these moments where when he, aside for the hecklers and the idiots, when he was quiet, it was like everybody was hanging on every word he was saying. And you really don't get too much of that in wrestling unless somebody's super over or unless somebody's really talking from their heart making a heartfelt speech and so that just helped the moment i felt yeah you're absolutely right uh again beyond that one heckler when he was speaking i mean it was hush mm-hmm. there was nobody still trying to get there yeah mox let's go i mean it was hush people people like people recognize all right this isn't so much a wrestling promo this is this is like this is a life promo this is a guy who who was just you know just telling us that he's opening up about you know some some real things he's he's just going through. So yeah, uh, very emotional start, but um, you know it set the tone for a night of, of full of promos, uh, as as we'll touch on through the night. A lot of promos uh, that had impact um, in the show. So that's Moxley's uh, promo. First match we get is mixed tag. We get uh, Doctor Britt Baker and Adam Cole. They're going to go up against Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Just some highlights here. We're going to see Britt. She's going to end up getting a curb stomp on Orange Cassidy at one point. Chris Statland is going to hit a 450 on both Adam and Britt simultaneously. Uh, and then uh, both Adam and Britt do hit a uh, Panama and Pittsburgh Sunrise, respectively, on each of their counterparts uh, the match. Uh, Britt, they're going to, uh, Britt and Adam set up a, t- a table. Britt accidentally gets uh, knocked through the table via Orange Cassidy. Uh, that's going to just enrage Adam Cole which is going to lead to the finish. He's going to hit a low blow on Orange Cassidy and then hit him with the uh, that, that, that here comes the boom uh, knee to the back of the head that he does. So Adam Cole and Britt win, but Adam is just you know checking on Britt. Britt actually did look like when she went to the bump that she might have snapped her head a little bit. She did look like she was in a little bit of uh, a little bit more pain than than a normal table spot. But Alfred, this is going to set up uh, Adam, who's enraged for the, you know he's still enraged the rest of the night. He and, and he's going to challenge Orange Cassidy next week uh, at the Beach Brawl uh, to a lights out match. And the last time we saw a lights out match, it was Britt at Thunder Rosa, as noted. So. Um, Overall, do you, um, you know we don't we haven't seen a lot of mixed tags in AEW. So this is kind of a little bit of new territory. How did all these stories uh, play out for you? I like the match. I'm all in on Orange Cassidy. I thought he was hilarious throughout this match, but did a good job. And I loved Jim Ross's commentary about Orange Cassidy to make it believable in that he said that he was like a, a slinky. And so he's just awkward, almost like a southpaw. And that's why his offense, as weird as it is, is so effective is because you never know where he's coming from. And that's such a great cover for all the zany stuff he does. And so I just thought this was a good match. And I, I will say, to your point, it did seem like there was something legit with Britt Baker because the ref took a little time getting back into the ring, and it, it seemed like uh, they were behind. So I don't know if it was because they were really legitimately checking on Britt to make sure she was okay. But 
it, it was very interesting. I will say this. It was weird to see a mixed tag match in AEW. I don't know if I'm a fan of girlfriend B- Britt Baker, which is how she was kind of portrayed in this. She's like an entity unto herself. She's the baddest bitch on the block and a big star who really doesn't need to coexist with many people unless she's the alpha. And it was weird to see Britt in a role where she wasn't necessarily the alpha. She was kind of a damsel in distress who got put through a table and now Adam Cole's going to adventure, her, which is fine storytelling, but just with Britt Baker in particular, who you could argue, as they said during this broadcast, might be a bigger star than Adam Cole. It felt a little weird to see that kind of bridge there, I felt. Well, and the fact damsel in distress and, and then guy avenging her, that's usually the babyface thing, but they're, they're yes. coming out of the heel tunnels here. <laughs> um, I want to get, get back to Britain in just a second. I do want to, I don't want to miss a super chat that happened earlier from Cryos, uh, Zachary, Dollar 99. I love how he claimed it rather than let others. Um, I believe he's uh, referencing Moxley's yeah. <clears throat> um, honesty and, and promo. And then, yeah, back to Brit. Corey Pride, $5. Why is Brit in this? Her boyfriend yeah. is bringing her down. Totally agree. So you know this isn't this is an interesting you know it's this this might really illustrate this might sum up the evolution of 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 wrestling and the mindset of of, of, of fans and you know everything you know, let's move away from mass you know masculine toxic toxicity let's let's so you have Adam Cole who is first of all yeah right individually Adam and Britt are each like you know, Adam Cole is arguably one of the most over male acts they have right now and then Britt that on the female side. Britt looks like a million bucks. It's, I mean, you know, Adam looks like a million bucks. It is that old thing of every girl wants to be with him. Every guy, you know, like it, it's it's the whole thing. Every girl wants to be with him. Every guy wants to, you know, like it, it's yeah. it, that that fits right. You would normally never normally pairing the most attractive and 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 then the girl the audience is the male audience is most you know Google eyes for seeing her with her real life boyfriend who the most of the female audience is most goo eyes over that would be like that would be a turnoff to the audience they don't want to mm-hmm. see they, they don't want to look they, they, you know they don't want to see that uh, but 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 today's audience does at least the aw audience, they lead into it they're happy to see this couple that they know is a couple kiss and do each other's signature moves and i mean which but again like 20 years ago that would have been like a huge red flag no 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 we have uh we we have uh, I don't know we have Stacy Keebler out there. We can't let Stacy's real life boyfriend be out here. Like that's gonna kill the mood. We, you know, it, it's it's now the bartender's husband can't be sitting here at the bar. Like we we you know it it's that kind of philosophy. But it it just goes to show the evolution of of just the product, the audience, and everything that this is happening. But I I do yeah, I'm curious to see how this is gonna play long term, or if it was just kind of like a a one off. Let's just give it to the people thing. Give them a mixed tag, and then let's move back to their own right and and, and to be clear i have no problem with them as a unit or even coming together i thought that was fun how they did it last week or i think it was two weeks ago but my only problem was how it ended up in that now we're going to a place where he has to avenge her once we're in that territory you know regardless of gender i just think just because of star power i'm looking at Britt baker as one of the top stars and it just kind of made her look a little weak uh Carlos Zachary saying 499, uh, they should do like what WWE is doing with Seth and Becky. Everyone knows they're married, but they aren't doing mixed tags. Uh, let each other shine separately. We need to do one during a pay-per-view one time. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, again, we'll, we'll, I think I think the point was they wanted to get to Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy to this 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 Lights Out match. You have Chris Statlander there with Orange Cassidy, so there's no other woman that can come to Adam Cole's side. I mean, if if they all if 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 Adam Cole you know is going up against Orange Cassidy and there's there's Chris Statlander is out there and like 
I don't know, Layla Hirsch comes out <laughs> to defend Adam Cole. Everybody go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, like, then they would be calling for Britt. Like, hey, hey, no, we want Britt Baker in this spot. <laughs> right. So, you know, I don't know. I guess there's going to be second guessing no matter what. But, hey, Britt and Adam, wrestling's happy. One of wrestling's happy couples. Uh, I know what they're going to be. I know, I know the next month is Valentine's Day, so I know they're going to be celebrating Valentine's Day, as many of you other gentlemen out there should be doing. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, need to be ready, need to be ready for the moment, need to be doing your best as a guy. And, and, you know, it looks, maybe I'm talking about in the month of December, you know, maybe you don't got nothing going on in December, or, you know, maybe this, you know, whatever. But look, in February with Valentine's Day, everybody looking for love, there's a date, February 14th. Everybody can circle the same date on the calendar that you need to be game ready. All right? Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men, two of them right here, worldwide, who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And as always, we are here to help you out and save a little bit. When you go to manscaped.com, use that code WINC20 and save 20%. Plus, get free shipping because the holidays, they went by so quickly. So now it's time to make sure that you're ready for the next holiday, which is Valentine's Day. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing that every guy needs in their life to make sure each and every day is just a little more special. Number one product in the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. I can attest to that. The electric trimmer designed to trim hair on loose skin. And, of course, they have the advanced skin-safe technology that helps reduce cuts and nicks down there. 4,000K LED spotlights. So you've got plenty of... Uh, Visual, visual aid, uh, visual uh, assistance on what you got going on there, and it's also waterproof, so perfect for your, uh, for your shower. Uh, I like to propose making February thirteenth a national holiday as well. So we have fourteenth, which of course is Valentine's Day. Thirteenth, National Shave Your Balls Day. All right, let's just do that. National Shave Your Balls Day on February thirteenth. Who's with me on that one? All right, let's do it. Uh, I think it's one that that, that 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 men and the women can all get behind. The women are still going to be like, yes, that, that's that, that's a national holiday. Men go do what you got to do. Package also includes the weed whacker. It's got the nose and ear and hair trimmer uh, to whack all the worst weeds. Um, Manscaped even threw in uh, two free gifts. They have the travel bag and the anti-chafing uh, boxers, which I love, uh, that keep you nice and comfortable. So right now, if you go to manscaped.com, cash in on these uh, great deals. And the complete package, of course, has the uh, liquid formulations, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver. Um, get your boys staying cool, smelling nice. Don't want nothing weird going on down there. So, again, all that. Cologne as well. Body wash. Uh, shampoo. It's all there. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code WINC. Save 20% plus free shipping. Give it a try. The time is now, February 13th, National Shave Your Balls Day. Thank yes, you, February Manscaped. February is also Black History Month, Black Pews Matter. And uh, Manscaped got a lot of promo time last night on our NXT podcast. We had a lot of fun talking about Manscaped, free promo time, and much deserved. Glenn went on a rant about pubes. I talked about the waiting room that I have uh, for my, you know, uh, dates or whatnot right before. Whoa, 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 you have a waiting room? <laughs> waiting room sponsored by Manscaped, hopefully one of these days, so that if I need to Manscaped, I will Manscaped accordingly before anything happens. And it is a makeshift waiting room, ladies and gentlemen. So Manscaped really changing my life for the better. And we, we just love our partners at Manscaped. Please sponsor my mate, my waiting room. What? What's what? What is there? Are there like magazines? What's keeping them entertained while they're in the? Yeah, sure. You got some books. You got a Marvel book that I'm looking at over here. I got a couple magazines, a wrestling book. Uh, I see Pat Patterson's book is over there. I don't know if they'd be interested in that. But uh, Green Bay Packers history of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, anybody would be interested in that. It's America's team. 
So uh, all kinds of things to keep you entertained. But because Manscaped is so efficient, you're not going to really be waiting for that long. So, you know. You don't have Shout like some, you don't have like some alizé on ice or something there for them. Oh, or... that's actually a good idea. I should do a little Hennessy maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what? if Manscaped can sponsor this waiting room, I'll have it all ready to go. Well, I pull out alizé because it makes me think of that famous Cat Williams uh, bit when he's like, he's like, when you come to my house, he's like, I got a fridge stocked of alizé. I don't drink al- drink alizé, but bitches do. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that line was in my mind as soon as you said alizé. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Cat Williams. Uh, Jody Shana Jenkins. I did not think I'd be quoting Cat Williams on tonight's <laughs> Jody Shana Jenkins, 5 Canadian. How good are the acclaimed? These guys won me over huge since they arrived. Reminds me of an amped up crime time. Gold in the future? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, they look, I mean, they're 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 being put in main event spots. You know, it's... I was thinking in the immediate future, the way this match was being booked, and we'll get into it, it seemed like, okay, this is going to be the night where Sting finally takes his first loss. So, you know, they took me on a ride. But I think because, you know, Acclaim is technically the number one contender right now. So, uh, who knows? Maybe sooner rather than later. Yeah, they definitely have um, – I mean, they have the they have some of the, the, the swagger of a crime time and the chemistry, but they also have some of the f- live phonetic energy that, like, Cass and Enzo had together. There's definitely, like, a some – pieces of all you know those are just two i'm sure we could meld some other tag teams uh as ingredients of what they are but those are just two that kind of come to mind uh but yeah i mean they claimed uh they're they're, they're here to stay that's 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 for sure <laughs> it's not a super chat but i can't ignore it the real meet and greet breaking news <laughs> alfred official opens his only fans account yes that's also sponsored by manscaped i'm thinking about it <laughs> oh boy <laughs> to show the effectiveness of manscaped that might have to be a possibility, so I can show you guys how dedicated I am to this brand. <laughs> You'll be the first Manscaped-sponsored wrestling analyst on OnlyFans. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's make some history, baby. Oh my God. Uh, Mike D, $2. Our Nasty Boys and Orient Express Hall of Fame material. Um, uh, Nasty Boys are one that, yeah, I mean, again, eventually, they, I mean, they just every year they need people to put in. I can see the Nasty Boys getting in eventually. Um, Orient Express, that's, that, that's probably too much of a deep cut. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, you know, what, 91, 92-ish. Um, Tanaka and what is the mask guy. It's going to bug me. Somebody will hit me up. Oh, I'm, um, yeah, I, I don't I'm, I'm trying to remember his name in the Orient Express, but then I can also remember him being unmasked and being a, 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 a... Man, I can't think of it. Somebody will get it to me. Yeah. Um, Orient Express, deep dive there. Uh, Corey Pride. So Sean Spears has heat with Tony Khan, another squash. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I don't think the heat with Tony Khan. I'll... I think there's not a very obvious explanation of what they did tonight, but uh, Akio Sato, um, Patanaka, and Kato. Kato is the name I Kato's think I was looking for. Um, <laughs> only balls account. <laughs> hey, there you go. Now that's what I'm talking about. It will change the definition of this is now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to NYC Team and Diva. I saw in the chat asking about the waiting room, so that's what caused me to tell the story. Uh, but yes, uh, guess we were talking about it last night on the on the podcast and uh, becoming a thing of legend, ladies and gentlemen. WrestleMania is in Inglewood next year. You lucky women in the chat, if you play your cards right, you get to see the waiting room, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I can just see it now. We're going to be auctioning off a date with, with, uh, <laughs> with Alfred on WrestleMania weekend. Let's do it. We're creating a monster, Jesse. We're officially turning Raj into a pimp. He's going to take... <laughs> He's going to get human trafficking charges against him. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. 
I think we're, we're, we're really getting off the rails here. Let's, <laughs> uh, we get we get backstage an inner circle promo with uh, Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, and all is not right here with these three guys, Santana and Ortiz. They kind of start to turn here on Jericho, saying, you know, maybe what Eddie Kingston's saying is right. I mean, have you ever really had our back? We've always had yours, but have you had ours? Uh, so they say, well, maybe we'll find out next week because they're going to be in a, a six man tag. Santana Ortiz and Jericho up against Daniel Garcia in 2.0. So this really kind of feels like the, I mean, the inner circle, certainly the momentum of the inner circle is, is, is far gone from where it was a year ago. I mean, they're, you know, barely still intact together, uh, you could say. But this definitely kind of feels like maybe the final, final, you know, final round of, of these guys. And then they split them up and, you know, kind of freshen, freshen everybody up. But yeah, I mean. And inner I circle. Like story. I mean, yeah, I mean, inner circle. I mean, inner circles kind of feels whatever. Pinnacle feels very. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Every, every, they all feel like they're kind of fragmenting quickly. So, yeah, and it's cool that uh, Eddie Kingston kind of started this by instigating and essentially saying that does Jericho really care about you? Planting that seed, which is leading to, um, you know, proud and powerful now questioning Jericho. I really like how they're going about this, and it's going to lead to Jericho and Kingston, which I think is going to be great on promo and a good wrestling match too. I agree. Be a very interesting clash of styles there. Yes. Very interesting there. All right, so now we get the Sean Spears versus CM Punk match. Uh, Sean Spears, uh, you know, just again, talk about he's 11 and 1 in his last 12 matches, mind you. Uh, Punk, of course, still perfect 10 and 0. MJF's out there on commentary. Uh, but this match, bell rings, and within three seconds, there is a GTS, and Punk wins 1, 2, 3. So, yeah, this is a squash of a squash of a squash. But no, I don't think this is Sean Spears has any heat or something with Tony Khan. I think what this is, is a lot of well, several things. First off, uh, you know, Punk got destroyed. He Punk got squashed in an extended squash last week and just obviously got the roll-up win, but this is getting Punk back a win, or getting Punk back a, a dominant win. This is also to, again, further juxt- you know, further show Wardlow's dominating. Sean Spears is coming in, picking up scraps and, you know, and, and what have you, which is, so this is, again, to remind you that, that if Wardlow went the distance, and if Wardlow went the distance and decimated Punk, but Sean Spears gets beaten three seconds, again, it's there to show the difference of what Wardlow's doing versus Sean Spears. Um, so I, I, that's all this was. That this was kind of you know Punk had to get Punk had to get one back. You know Sean Spears. He he's he's the he's the lackey. He's MJF's new lackey as, as we as we watch the the division of, of Wardlow and Punk. So I mean that that's how I took all of this, Alfred. I did not think anything unusual about this. I mean I didn't expect a five second match, but I but I didn't expect Sean Spears to be competitive. Right, and this is really heel booking one-on-one. I thought Sean Spears did an admirable job in his role because he cut a very good promo on Rampage, you know, hot-dogging and bragging about how he's going to come in and shake up the world and beat CM Punk, and he's even out there conducting interviews where they're making headlines by him saying he's going to pull it off, and then he loses in a matter of seconds with MJF on commentary, essentially singing his praises. So, yes, this is what a heel serves to do. So I thought they both played the roles very well. And then the points that you brought up in terms of the larger story – including Wardlow and uh, getting CM Punk his heat back. Cause yes, he, he did get destroyed to where Wardlow had him dead to rights with one foot on his chest. So he essentially got squashed last week and this was very much needed. So I think they accomplished a lot. Yeah. And so MJF is on commentary. So he tries to sneak into the ring after the fact to attack punk punk cuts him off and sees him punk still does not get his hands on MJF. All he can get is his hands on the scarf. So I like that. I like the no touching really make people wait to see uh, these two guys come to blows and MJF to even just get, you know, just get punched once by Punk. So, uh, don't know. Still don't know when. We don't know the date. They didn't announce anything for next week. They are in Cleveland next week. 
that is Wardlow's kind of official billing hometown. Uh, he's, he's in the suburbs of Cleveland, and so I who knows? But um, yeah, we still wait as we watch with how the timeline uh, of this is going to play out. Also, happy uh, birthday, Wardlow! Yeah, happy birthday to the big guy, Wardlow. Uh, Krylo's four dollars ninety nine cents. It sets up the pinnacle turns and MJF turn MJF. Or, excuse me, pinnacle turns on MJF and giving Punk the win. And the next feud would be MJF and Wardlow. That'd be odd if the, because I mean, then you're kind of making Punk look like kind of a heel. I think uh, it should be. Like well, and Wardlow. you're also babyface, and then what? You're babyface. So if 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 you're saying the pinnacle turns on MJF, so not just Wardlow. If you're saying Sean Spears and what FTR, they all that babyface yeah. is them. That's yeah, not what you want. Absolutely. So, uh, but I but I but as we kind of discussed last week. Obviously, MJF has two big opponents that he has to face. He has to face Punk at some point, and it's inevitable he's going to face Wardlow. So the path of which that could be, um, you know, that, that could play out. It could be a lot of fun. So, All right, up next we go to uh, backstage. Billy Gunn grabs a cameraman, and he approaches Christian Cage, who's arriving at the building. And he basically, Billy Gunn basically says, uh, you know, Billy kind of acting as the manager for his – uh, his tag team of his, of his of his boys, and then Christian, of course, asking you know, acting as the manager for uh, Jurassic Express, who are the tag champs. Billy Gunn says, "My my boys, they deserve a shot, and uh, for the title." And Christian begins to say, "Look, you know, yeah, you're, I mean, your your boys, they got they got the, they got your genes, they got the they got the, they're fast or strong, you know, what what have you, but they also have that Billy Gunn thing of, you know, they can't quite win the big one when the lights are on the brightest, they can't quite do it, they can't make that uh, that statement win." To which uh, the gun club then proceeds to attack Christian and make a statement on him. So I like this. I like this was yeah. a little fun. Again, AEW they do use the veteran guys well in terms of helping that, that all important rub to the younger guys. And that's what I hope this is. I hope this is done to elevate the gun club, which is exactly what it looks like when it comes to Austin and Colton. Uh, rather than I'm sure somewhere along the line we're going to get Billy Gunn versus Christian, which I mean that should be a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, I think the goal should be to elevate the gun club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look and seeing uh, Christian Cage and Billy Gunn. These two guys, they look tremendous at their age. Yeah. I mean, Billy Gunn's just a freak. They had the uh, match between uh, Christian and Matt Hardy, and I thought they overachieved it. I thought it was a very good match. Yeah. Yeah, something, uh, something to look forward to there. All right, uh, next, I'll talk about a night of promos. Cody Rhodes getting his all-important entrance as he rises up on the stage, and this crowd has got so many opinions about Cody Rhodes. Of course, Cody heavy in the news this past week. If you follow Wrestling Inc., you know all kinds of, uh, you know, rumor innuendo of what's going on with Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, supposedly working right now without a contract and all kinds of things here. So Cody Rhodes, he comes out, they cut the commercial, but they keep the picture in picture. He pulls out a giant ladder and sets up a ladder for his promo. Um, we get a bit of a smattering of a couple sections break into a, a Royal Rumble chant. Cody acknowledges it, but doesn't. He stops his he stops his sentence and he makes eye contact with him and kind of rolls his eyes, but he uh, doesn't give it any uh, any more acknowledgement. Otherwise, uh, he talks uh, without he names the pipe bomb. He doesn't say anything else, but, he, but he's he's referencing CM Punk sitting on the stage many years ago and and making that important pipe bomb promo. And he notes some of the things that Punk talked about wanting to do. Uh, you know, working in this com- working with Ring of Honor and, and bringing this talent to light and getting them on the big stage and it goes on and on and on and then cody proceeds to say but punk didn't get to do any of that but cody says he accomplished all that noting how he bridged different companies and started uh this new company in AEW. it's a revolution and uh talks says hey addresses the hey wrestling journalists uh i built the forbidden door 
uh, and then proceeds to then put his attention on Sammy Guevara, the interim TNT champion, and challenge Sammy as they hang both their TNT titles up from the rafters and have a ladder match. So, I mean, I don't know where you want to start with this, Alfred. This this has several chapters in it. <laughs> yeah, it does. And you talk about a rowdy crowd. This might have been when they were at their rowdiest, and they were doing everything to try to hijack this promo. And I thought Cody did a masterful job of not only getting them to calm down and eventually controlling the audience, but getting them to buy into this promo and essentially getting some babyface reaction throughout this promo, particularly toward the end. And when he brought up the Gunner McGillicuddy line from the back pocket, which is very funny. Uh, so I, I thought he did a fantastic job. I think they've got some of this Cody. I'm so glad that they're not just turning him heel. I think they're just playing him as John Cena 2006, where you can boo me if you want, but I'm not going to turn heel. He essentially kind of said it. Yeah, Corey, Corey Pry, $2. So Cody's officially heel now, right? now. Nope. I mean, yeah, he, he flat out said, I'm not going to turn heel. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to ride this. In the, I think that's the right choice. These reactions are very organic, and they're so different than everything else you see on the show. Tina Miller, uh, back to Eddie Kingston here for a second. Uh, she a uh, $2 super chat. Uh, how long is Eddie Kingston out for, did they say? Uh, I, I actually I have not heard a timetable. So not... Yeah, me neither. And I think it's a sh- it might be a short-term uh, injury because there's been some backstage footage of him, you know, you know, in AEW. And I think there was a footage with him and uh, Brody Lee's kid. Um, but yeah. I don't think – yeah, I think he's still hanging out and he's still around. So hopefully it's not too long because he's in a pretty hot program, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this, this is one of those ones where it's like if it's not anything – depending on the severity you just got to tape it up and keep going i mean you're yeah. in the spot of your life right now yeah um yeah so cody rhodes obviously a huge talking point out of this episode um again with a lot of uh you know speculation and going on and and, and whispers of what is his real situation is and uh it's funny you know he an executive vp uh the situation of an executive vp in aew has managed to somehow give the royal rumble so much free promotion that, yeah. you know, <laughs> i'll say gotta love that all right, up next, we get the debut of the uh, the House of Black in its new uh, form of Malachi Black and Brody King as they go up against the Hollywood Blondes. House of Black is going to get a win. And then afterwards, we're going to get a video promo that hits the big screen. Pack, who, of course, had that black mist spit in his, uh, spat in his face some weeks ago. Uh, Pack talking about that uh, he has a, a new vision thanks to Malachi Black. And, you know, goes on to talk about Malachi Black being power hungry and, and, and basically, basically, Pack kind of calling calling out Malachi Black saying I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call your bluff that you're not as uh, all powerful and scary as you think you are uh it was a this is a very uh, different kind of AEW produced promo here especially for Pac uh a lot of production to it a little creepy some voice changing some color distortion uh go check it out if you haven't seen it because I really can't do much better description here it's not doing definitely not doing it justice but uh what do you make of the House of Black here tonight Alfred I thought it was cool. I thought this was um, pretty much where I saw this direction going. I was a little surprised that Pac is coming back to feud with Malachi Black because the story they seem to be telling is that when he blows a miss in somebody's eye, it it mystifies them and causes them to come to his side. So I don't know if that's the long-term plan with uh, Pac coming to the House of Black, but I completely agree with these promos because he's done this before too where he stylizes them differently. So I don't know if it's Pac having his own influence on these promos, but he does a good job with these. And I thought this was really cool. It's been a while. It seems like actually forever since i've seen pack and i think this is going to be a perfect storyline for him yeah when we saw him i i forgot it, it had made me think back for a second oh yeah he did get the miss spinning but I, I was like when, when was that that it, it feels like probably longer ago than what it actually was just because right. these weeks but um move so fast but yeah um I, I'm, I'm okay with this you know um i mean it's not there really wasn't this kind of ended tonight the issue with 
the Hollywood Blonde. I'm like, what else is there to do? Yeah, that was weird too, and because I think it might have tied into Brian Pillman botching, which was on, I think it was on purpose. I'm almost positive it was on purpose. A botch that he had a couple of weeks ago against Malachi Black, where he tried to springboard the air yeah. Pillman and fell off. And then this week, he didn't even want to do it. Uh, kayfabe, he just refused to do the air Pillman. So I think they're tying into that. Maybe he might go on to the House of Black, but they're they're doing something with him. Yeah, and I. Yeah, I, I guess, and I, I kind of thought that maybe there would be more with the Julia Hart thing. That maybe she, yeah, join House of Blacks. You know, that she, uh, she get brainwashed or what have you. But that again, if that was going to happen, I kind of thought that would have been like tonight. If yeah, yeah I, 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 I still kind of expect it, but yeah, I felt like that that might be something tonight or at a blow off match. But this was pretty decisive in how they beat him. So I don't know where they go from here. And then, and then you know, Pack. I mean, I see you know people in the chat room are speculating. I mean, Pack. I mean, he's not. Is he going to go into this two on one? Is he going to have somebody by his side? You know. So uh, again, start the start the rumors there. If who could be there? Uh, B money of four. Put Labar quoting Cat Williams on list of things I thought I wouldn't hear in twenty twenty two. I'm glad we have it. The classics never die. That's on. It's not on your bingo card there. Krylos uh, dollar ninety nine. Great tag team. They have chemistry for PWG. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> oh, I like this. Uh, not that one. Sorry. Uh, Doom Tribe T. Julia Blackheart. Wow. Ooh. I can dig Doom, it. Doom Tribe. I'm, I'm stealing that. Yeah. Let's get that trending once she turns heel. I like that one. All right. So then we get a uh, backstage promo, uh, or pre-tape promo rather. Speaking for Lance Archer, there's Jack, Jake the Snake Roberts standing there. Good to see Jake again. Also standing there is Dan Lambert. So Jake does all the talking, uh, hyping up Lance, and then next up is going to be Frankie Kazarian versus Lance Archer. Jake and Dan Lambert come out with Lance. Uh, Archer's going to get the win. Post-match, it's Lambert, though, that grabs a mic. He proceeds to run down <clears throat> more um, on Adam Page, just kind of just completely discrediting his cowboy uh, <laughs> you know, uh, credentials, saying he did not grow up outside drinking water from a hose and herding cattle and and, and whatever. He, he grew up in the basement playing video games, watching toy story jerking off i mean just like this <laughs> damn lambert just you know um and then lance kind of cuts lambert off eventually and just says uh you know he wants uh you know he wants adam page adam page comes out they stare they brawl um yeah so this that just what you know it's brawl and basically setting up that we're going to get this match here uh sooner than later uh as adam page has said if you if you want it you know come get it um so as we figured lance archer the next, uh, the next challenger, Alfred. What did you think of this? Uh, what did you think of this match with Kazarian? I, you know, this is kind of Archer's return. You're putting mm-hmm. him, you're thrusting him right to be the top number one contender. And the commentary even said it when he got the one, two, three that he had. It was, it was a competitive, hard fought victory, hard fought victory, and it was hard fought. And I don't think that Lance Archer needs to have a hard fought victory against Frankie Kazarian on your first week back. Not at all. This went way too long. It was a marathon, and Frankie Kazarian is a pro's pro. He's a guy who he's got a spot in wrestling, and nobody will ever take that away from him. So losing a match like this isn't going to hurt him or bury him or anything like that. And if Lance Archer is going to be your number one contender, and he's this monster who needs two managers to do his talking for him now, then yes, I thought this was going to be an absolute squash. And every minute this match went on felt like an eternity. And they even got a commercial break. I thought this was a huge... Uh, misjudgment, especially because afterwards Lance Archer was the one who was like backing down and was made to look weak. So I thought it, it was just similar to how they kind of resurrected and corrected CM Punk this week. I thought they kind of messed up Lance Archer this week. Yeah, I mean, Archer's been off for a while, so you you lose some momentum there, so you're putting it back, having him turn heel. I mean, and, and yeah, and he, when he last when he last saw him prior to the disappearance, he was a babyface, so it's like now he's back. 
you're making him be a heel all of a sudden, you're thrusting him right to the number one contender for the world title, you need to get some heat back on him, which is why I'm okay with putting Dan Lambert with him uh, because Jake, for as good of a talker as Jake is, he's one of the best. Jake doesn't really elicit heat. I mean, Jake. Jake just gives you great sound bites. You know, he's just masterful in, in his in, in the lines, but he doesn't really give you heat. Dan Lambert gets heat, so I'm fine with Dan Lambert being kind of just put with Archer to try to help, you know, accelerate the the, the, the getting of heat back process for a heel Archer. But uh, but yeah, him him having to comp- compete that hard against Kazarian, yeah, um, I question that one. So nonetheless, Archer versus uh, Adam Page coming sooner rather than later. Uh, this next one was a bit more of a squash as we got Sky Blue. Uh, Sky, I don't even think Sky Blue got a, a lower third graphic, so uh, poor Sky Blue. But a uh, new young lady to see on AEW TV, but she goes up against Serena Deep. Serena's going to have that Serenity Lock submission that she just torques back on this thing. It looked brutal. Uh, they had the Sky Cam angle. It just looked like Sky Blue was was just completely being folded 90 degrees. Um, so Serena Deep, certainly a, a project they have. Well, I'm not even a project, but a, a mission they have in the women's division to to build her up and make her a formidable challenger because she is, you know, arguably behind Brit and Jade. I mean, Serena Deeb is, 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 is right there probably with momentum. Yeah. She looked great. It was very violent squash and she looked very convincing in this match. And yeah, it was a very impressive visual seeing that uh, because you don't see that very much. Cause I believe it was submission and she's banging her knee yeah. on the mat. And so I like it. I, I always see every time what I like about Serena is every week that she's, had this push and wrestled i see something different from her that you won't see from anybody else in the division in terms of things that she breaks out whether it's a new submission or just the way she goes about it so i think she's been doing great krylos dollar 99 says possible cross can join the house of black when he's in AEW. <laughs> we're jumping the gun if carrying <laughs> cross is gonna be an AEW or not yeah. i mean uh no it seems like he's got some maybe some movie stuff or some other things lined up so i don't think yeah. he's necessarily jumping right back to wrestling um, or at least, you know, exclusive, exclusively just with one company anytime soon. It's growing his hair back out. It's like a completely different person. Yeah. Looks a lot younger, too. And Scarlet, Smoke oh, yeah. Show getting magazine covers. Whew. Her OnlyFans is sold out. I heard she had to stop her OnlyFans so that she can keep up with the demand. <sighs> I can only imagine the the requests that are, yeah. <laughs> that are in that, I can that only line. Imagine. <laughs> in, the, in the wrestling world, man. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Main event time. <laughs> the Acclaimed versus Darby and Sting. Matt Caster out, of course, uh, spitting some bars to the DC crowd. And I like it. He makes reference to Sting. Knocking, Sting hasn't looked this bad since Starcade 97. Of course, Starcade 97 for you wrestling historians took place in DC. It's the famous payoff to the year story of Crow Sting in the rafters. Whose side is he on? Is he at WCW? Is he NWO? Him versus Hogan. You got a newly acquired Bret Hart straight off of a Montreal screw job. And it was just the biggest book booking blunder ever uh, of, of, of for what's supposed to be WWE's mania. So again, a little history lesson for those youngsters that weren't sure. So go, go, I guess watch it on Peacock. Uh, uh, but the claim versus Darby and Sting quickly before the match even starts, they attack uh, and, and uh, attack Darby and put a chair around his neck. And so Darby gets helped off by the medical teams. And now Sting, bell rings. That's two on one um, a handicap match. Uh, and after just starting off hot with Sting, he's eventually, of course, the numbers game is going to come to him. Uh, the two on one numbers is really going to tear him down. They're, they're cheating when the ref's not looking. But then Darby reemerges. Darby's back. And ultimately, they're going to end up getting uh, uh, you know, Stinger splashes are going to happen. And we're going to get uh, Sting diving through the timekeeper's table. Darby's going to hit the coffin drop. And everybody goes home happy with Sting and Darby standing tall 
uh, in Sting's first trip back to D.C. in a lot of years. So, uh, you know, this is a kind of a straightforward main event for all the other promos and, and other stories and layers we got elsewhere tonight, Alfred. This was pretty straightforward, but it was a kind of a, a feel-good story to end the night. Yeah, we also did get a couple of layers with this match with Darby being taken out of the match, which caused me to believe that, okay, well, there's no way Sting is going to beat these two guys by himself. Like, I know he's Sting, but let's come on, let's be realistic here. So I actually thought that this would be the night that the, the Acclaim would, would beat them, and this would be their out, is that it was two-on-one. Uh, but then they brought Darby back, so I thought they, they did a good job of, of taking me on kind of a ride. And I was really actually hoping that the Acclaim would win. I'm a big fan of the Acclaim, as much as I do love Sting and Darby, too. But, yes, I did think it was a good match. Uh, the crowd got into it. Sting continues to overachieve at an advanced age. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, this is a very good match all around. Alfred, it's been a year now, or just over, um, just over 12 months that Sting and Darby have had their um, their, their association, their alignment together. We never, to, to the best of my memory, and again, AEW puts out a lot of things and a lot of channels, so maybe, but at least on Dynamite, we've never actually really got a full explanation. It was just kind of like, you know, you can draw parallels of like similarities and face paint and the lone, the loner. I mean, I, I, maybe, and maybe just those context clues are enough of an explanation. I don't know. Did it ever bother you? Or are you good that like Darby and Sting are still a thing a year later? Uh, and we never, and, that, and that, that, that's all it is. I guess it's just context clues. Are you okay with that, or like, or am I thinking too WWE that there had to be like a, this is my son. Like, am I, am I, yeah. am I, am I being a little bit too old school here? I will say I wouldn't say you're being too old school. It does not bother me that Sting and Darby are together. I think it just fits in the fact that I haven't really thought about it because that is usually something that would bother me that there was no story being told as to why they got together. The fact that it doesn't bother me as much, I think, speaks to maybe their natural chemistry. I thought I think they've been great. They've really only had like three or probably like four matches together. I know they're undefeated and it might seem like more, but they do save them for special attraction. And it's a good way to use Sting and get the most out of him without having him do too much. Uh, so I, I'm not I don't have a problem with them being together a year later, but I, I do agree that they could have told us a little more in terms of why they're together. I think they feel like they're doing that with the vignettes that Darby does. Yeah. But the vignettes, it's not really saying much. It's just kind of open to interpretation. Right. And for the record, I'm fine with them. I'm not complaining about the tandem. I just I was thinking tonight, like, you know, like, what do I know the full story? But then I then I like I was just saying here a minute ago, I guess but maybe the context clues are enough. It just you just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, birds of a similar feather flock together, even if even if they are, you know, yeah, I don't know, 40 years apart in age or whatever the the, the, this, the gap is. Um, so I don't know, but it was just something I was kind of thinking about is it, now where do they go from here? You know, where, 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 where does Sting and Darby, what is the next, uh, the next? Yeah. Moment? So are they the new number one contenders then? Do they leapfrog the acclaimed after beating them and they're going to challenge Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Because that tag team division is actually kind of looking pretty crowded in terms of who is going to get a title shot. Absolutely. I mean, it's very crowded. Yeah. Very, very crowded. Uh, Krylos, dollar uh, ninety nine. Thank you, Krylos. Great job at the comments WWE made about AEW. Um, <laughs> he must be talking about the self mutilation, which uh, uh, also uh, referenced. Uh, you know, got people up in arm. Another wrestling controversy. You're going to get that. With the oh, Lord. he did say this. You're right. The self mutilation. You're right. I, I didn't even think. I didn't even that went over my. Head. I must have been writing notes. It you went over what? my head. No, listen, you don't have to apologize for that because that's the problem with AEW sometimes, especially with these WWE references, is they get so inside. 
that this self-mutilation thing, this is a story from the dirt. It's not on TV. It's from a dirt sheet story that, yes, there's a lot of hardcore fans who are aware of it, but I just don't think in an arena full of people, there's going to be a lot of people who don't really realize, oh, that's right. That's that story that's behind the scenes. So Look, look Cody spent two minutes of his promo talking all about things that are just on the internet this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's a problem. Especially because they're on TBS now, so they get that huge lead-in with Big Bang, which, granted, Cody was in the show like an hour into the show, but you're now watch- having a lot of people who have never watched wrestling before sample your product at, at top. So these inside references should be kept few and far between, I think. Well, that's always been my biggest thing. Like, AEW, t- t- to the credit, they they cram some they, – they, they, I don't know I should say cram. They fit so much into a two-hour show. I commend them with they never have a wasted minute. You know, they for a two hour show, even if it's just, you know, and, I, and some of the stuff I don't even touch on because it's it, it's just at the grand scheme of things. We're trying to do this podcast. I don't like, you know, we got a, you know, uh, Hobbs and, and Ricky Starks promo. Like we got like little just little things sometimes with other, with other stories. Um, so I, I I credit AEW for how much they're able to feature people in a two hour time period. But at the same time, my biggest knock and complaint has been like. They sometimes assume everybody's watching every rampage, every dark, every elevation, every BTE, and like, if you're trying to grab new audience members, that could be problematic of of yeah. of, of them trying to piece the puzzles together, piece the pieces of, of the story together. So, but nonetheless, um, interesting what the numbers are for tonight. Uh, again, a lot a lot going on in the show. Again, a lot of you know internet buzz going on. Um, of course, they were unopposed to any anything major sports, unlike what Raw had to deal with 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 the NFL on monday night so we'll see what the numbers come out for aew dynamite but they got a big show next week the beach oh another one of the big uh you know premium specials uh in cleveland does that mean a wardlow moment of turn does that mean johnny wrestling shows up does that mean anything uh, i don't know krylos shout out to alfred for getting the comment there you shout go. out to krylos he's been all over he's been great to to you know super chat with the past couple of nights he's our official third co-host tonight. hell yeah <laughs> he's our he's our official third panelist um so yeah all kinds of stuff uh going on alfred what do you got going on in forbes uh well got some stuff on uh, tonight's coverage of the show a story on alexa bliss and her huge merch sales which I, I don't think enough people are talking about it's basically alexa bliss in the bloodline of the big merch movers right now in terms of active wb stars and then a bunch of people from the past like the rock and stone cold and then i've got some wwe interviews coming up ahead of the royal rumble i think you guys are gonna like them Oh, can you tease? Can you tease? Can you tease? I cannot tease. I, I cannot. Are you embargoed? Tease. You're watching. This is all I'm going to do. We'll see. Okay. Nothing's guaranteed yet, but Ooh, uh, I, I like that. All right. He is the almighty Alfred Kunawa. I'm Justin Barr. Ah! You can catch me on uh, Bus Open every single Friday morning. Catch me on Wrestling Inc. podcast after Mondays, after Wednesdays. Uh, myself, Jack, and Raj will be on Saturday night after the Rumble, a week from this Saturday. Uh, you can just go to my Twitter at Justin Lombard and. That's just the easy way to find everything. I love it there. Love all the super chats. Love all just the regular chats. Again, this is a funny chat room. So, again, if you're uh, listening to this podcast after the fact and you're wanting any kind of encouragement of, 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 of let, let me add something to my to my Wednesday night after Dynamite, come join us live. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, so thanks to everybody. Be safe. Be good. Have a good night. We'll see you next week.